Let's read tonight, Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to begin reading with verse number 1. Please follow me along. The hand of the Lord was upon me, Ezekiel says, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, they were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? So God asked Ezekiel, Hey, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones. Say, uh, say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew uh, and the flesh came, upon, came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, Prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Now leave your Bibles open. I know what you're probably thinking right now. What in the world does all that have to do with us? Well, I want to preach tonight. I want to preach, having read that on this subject right here, I want to preach on the subject at revival, revival at Dry Bone Baptist Church. Revival at Dry Bone Baptist Church. Let's pray. Father, would you please bless your word and speak to our hearts tonight. And God, get preaching liberty for just a moment, we pray. Open our hearts. May we sit and listen, not with just our head, but with our heart. And may the Spirit of God have a good word to encourage us, I pray, from this text tonight, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I am told that any time that you read uh, a text, read a portion of the Scripture, if you're going to understand it, you always have to look for three things. The first thing you've always got to look for to understanding a text is what is called the primary interpretation of that text. That is, you should look at whom the text is speaking to, and you should look at what the text is saying to the people that it is speaking to. The primary interpretation. Then I'm told that you should look also for a prophetical revelation. In other words, ask yourself this question, is the text saying anything about the future? Is it revealing, prophetically speaking, something that will happen in days to come? 
So we should look for a primary interpretation. We should look for a prophetical revelation. But then I'm told that we should also look for a practical application. That is, is the text saying anything to me personally and practically? Well, as we look at this text tonight in Ezekiel chapter 37, we see all three of those things at work. For instance, when we look for the primary interpretation of the, this text, we know that this text is dealing with the nation of Israel. If you don't believe that, look down at verse 11, Genesis, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 37, verse 11. The Bible said that these bones that are being spoken about here are the whole house of of Israel. So we know that this message is a Jewish message. It is a message Jewish in its context. It is God it is about God's dealings with the nation of Israel. That's the primary interpretation. But then as far as a practical a prophetical revelation, we know that this chapter is all about God's future dealings with the nation of Israel. You know the prophet Ezekiel had a unique ministry to say the least because he had both an immediate ministry as well as an ultimate ministry. Now what I mean by that is Ezekiel was called to prophesy to the captives that had been carried away in the Babylonian captivity there in the land of Babylon. And his job then was to remind those captives that you're not here for just a short while. You see, while, while he was prophesying and preaching, there was a crowd running around preaching and telling those captives, hey, we're just going to be here a little while, and the Lord's going to deliver us, and we're going back home again. But Ezekiel had the very unpleasant task of saying, no, it's not going to be just a short while. We're going to be down here for 70 long years in the land of Babylon. It's not going to be a short stay. It is going to be a long captivity. As you might well expect, that message was not received very well by the captives in the land of Babylon. But then God, through a series of visions, allowed Ezekiel to see a future day when once again that Israel would be back in the land, uh, the land of Palestine, and once again enjoying the presence and the power of God upon their nation. And one such of these visions that was encouraging to the heart of the prophet to know that someday Israel would leave Babylon, they would go back to the land of, uh, of Israel, and once again enjoy God's favor is this vision of a visit to the dry bones, to the bone yard. And God gave this, this vision to Ezekiel to encourage his heart as well as the heart of the remnant. Let me just stop and say that God's always had a remnant. There is that crowd of the vast majority of people that are in the process of turning away from God. Our nation, our nation is in the, pro uh, the progress, of, the process of denying the God that has been so good to us. But aren't you glad that even here in America there's still a remnant there's still a small crowd that acknowledges the fact that God is real and God's Word is in fact the Word of God. And God had a message for the remnant of the nation of Israel. That message was just to remind them that things were not always going to be like they were at this present time. There was going to come a day when God would move and the nation would once again be restored and renewed and revived. There was a prophetical revelation in this text as well. But what I'm interested in tonight is this, the practical application. 
What I mean by that, what is God saying to you and saying to me as we live out these last days? Well, I'm going to tell you what I think God is saying to me from this text tonight. God, through this chapter, is just letting us know that He can still do the impossible. Aren't you glad tonight that we serve a God that can still do the impossible? Because as we look inside of this boneyard, we come to understand that God can still bring life out of death, that God can still bring hope out of hurt, and God can still bring a future out of a failure. God can still do that, which is impossible. So while this chapter reminds us there's still hope for the nation of Israel, that God is definitely not through with the Jew, may our hearts be encouraged through this fact tonight that God has something to say to us from this text tonight. I'm talking about God wants to give revival down at Dry Bones Baptist Church tonight. Amen. Now look in this text. Can I suggest three things from this text along the subject of revival? First of all, I want you to join me now in this text. and Let's kind of get an overview of what I would call a general situation. Let's kind of get in mind what is going on in this text. Now as it opens back up in verse number 1, Ezekiel has been carried by the Lord and he's been set down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. Now, these bones, I know, I get it, I understand. These bones represent the nation of Israel. They're scattered and they're shattered and they're splattered in this valley. This is a picture of the nation after Babylon has attacked them and left them desolate and destroyed the people of the land of Israel. This pictures Israel after her rebellion and idolatry, after she has been judged and chastened by the Lord. But I think as we look around in this old boneyard that we get a picture of where we are as a church and as a Christian as we live out these last days. Look at these bones for just a minute that are mentioned in this text. Look at verse number 2. We come to understand, number 1, that these bones represent dryness. Dryness. Look at verse 2. The Bible said in verse number 1 that it was set down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And then in the latter part of verse number 2 that they were not just bones, but they were very dry bones. Hey, I can see these bones. They've been laying out there for days without number. And the sun has not only bleached them white, but the heat and the intensity of that Middle Eastern sun beating down upon those bones has sucked all the moisture out of those bones. And all the marrow, which is the life of the bone, has been sucked and evaporated right out of them. They're not just dry bones, but they're dry, very dry and they're very brittle bones. And in that dried condition, they have become useless both to man and to God. Now, we know back in the book of Judges that Samson took up a jawbone of a dead donkey and whooped a thousand Philistines with it. We then know that he took that same jawbone of that donkey, that dead donkey, and he drunk water out of it and sustained his life. But as far as these bones are concerned, can I tell you something? They're dry. They're very dry. I mean everything, of every side of life, every indication has been taken from them. They're brittle and they're dry. These bones represent dryness. But these bones, number two, represent defeat as well. Not only dryness, but they represent defeat also. So, because the Bible tells us that as Ezekiel's been carried by the hand of the Lord and set down in this valley, I think what he's really in is a battlefield. 
a battlefield where a former battle has been taken has has taken place. And of course, we know that in the battlefield that there's casualties. There's people that are wounded, and there are people that have been killed. Battle battlefields are places of great death and great dirge. In fact, if you'll look at verse number nine of this text, the Bible said these bones were formerly the bones of people who were slain people. So uh, these bones not only represent dryness, but they also represent defeat. It's a battlefield, and these bones are scattered around. They're the former bones of those mighty soldiers of the nation of Israel. One of the greatest battlefields in our nation's history is a battlefield called Gettysburg. The battle took place between July the 1st and July the 3rd of 1863. And depending upon whom you read behind, one will say this, the other say that, but most all agree that between 46,000 and 51,000 casualties took place on the battlefield of Gettysburg. That's kind of the picture I've got of this, this valley that Ezekiel's been set in. I mean, there are multitudes of slain people, and the birds have come down and picked the flesh off the bones, and they've been left to dry in that hot Middle Eastern sun. It's a place where many have fallen, and great armies has been defeated and as a result these bones are everywhere and they not only represent dryness but they represent defeat as well. But then I see a third thing that these bones represent and that is they represent despair. Look down at verse number 7 because I'm sorry verse 11 because in verse number 11 we read these words our bones are dried and our hope is lost. Our bones are dried and our hope is lost. This is a picture to me of no hope. This pile of bones represents that there used to be a great army, that there used to be the pomp and the pageantry of a mighty nation, but it's over now. It's done. It's finished. It'll never happen again. It's gone forever. All hope has now been lost. It's a valley that is full of despair. Now take those three words, dryness, then you take that word defeat, and then you take that word despair. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I've just summed up the, the average church and the average Christian of these last days in which you and I are living in. Because the average Christian in these last days is full of nothing but dryness. They are dry. Their moisture has gone. The moisture has gone out of their fellowship. The moisture has gone out of their worship. Their soul is as dry as the dusty desert floor. Like old David said after he had sinned with Bathsheba in Psalms 32, verse number 4, he said, the, my, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. But I'll tell you, if most of us would be honest tonight, we'd have to say, Preacher, my soul is dry. There was a time when the dew of heaven wet me. There was a time when the showers of blessings fell upon me. There was a time when the moisture of God permeated my soul. But Preacher, I want to tell you, it's been a long time since I experienced a shower of blessing. I've lost my tears. I've lost my shout. I've lost my burden. I've lost my desire. I've lost my song. Because we, like these bones, have become dry, very dry. There's dryness, but then there's defeat. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, these bones are there in that valley because a great defeat has taken place. Can I just say that most of us live in a place of defeat in our Christian life? Can I tell you, it is a battle to stay right with God. 
Hey, I'm not minimizing that. If you're going to stay right with God, and as the old timers used to say, if you're going to stay on praying ground, it's not going to happen coincidentally. It's not going to happen haphazardly. You're going to have to make a concerted effort to walk with God in these last days. But you better understand, friend, you make up your mind to walk with God, the devil's going to make up his mind to disrupt your walk with God. He's going to do his best to distract you and to detour you and to deviate you and to defeat you and to discourage you. He's going to do everything in his diabolical power to defeat you in your walk with God in these last days. It's a battle to raise your family right. It's a battle to stay in fellowship with God. It's a battle to stay on praying ground. And because many have lost the battle, they've become so defeated, they've just thrown up their hands in defeat, and they're a casualty. And their attitude is, I guess life is just going to have to be this way from here on out. I might as well get used to it because I've enjoyed my last shout. I've enjoyed my last burden. I've enjoyed seeing my last soul saved and my moisture has turned to dryness and my victory has turned to defeat. But now wait a minute, there's a third thing and that's despair. The despair, the victory that they used to have and now they think that things can never be like it used to be. Our bones are dried and our hope is gone. We might as well just hang it up we're not going to ever see the days of great revival anymore. We might as well hang it up. The days of great bus ministry are now over with. We might as well give up. The days of the Christian school movement are all behind us. Hey, I'll tell you what, friend. I want to thank God for what he did back in years past. But I serve a God that said he doesn't change. I serve a God that Jesus said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I serve a God that's got just as much power tonight as he's ever had. And, brother, we better get over this point of despair and throw it up and say, it's over, it's done. Let's just hang on till Jesus comes. Friend, I would tell you, God's still new and God's still fresh, and God's still powerful, and God can still do it. But I tell you, many of us are at the point where we say, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. I've been hearing this a lot lately, so can I just stop and meddle for just a moment? But I've been hearing a lot people talk about the old woodland and the new woodland. I've heard people talk about the old Christian school and the new Christian school. Well, bless your heart, can I tell you something? I pastor Woodland Baptist Church. I don't pastor the old Woodland Baptist Church. And bless your heart, I don't pastor the new Woodland Baptist Church. I pastor the Woodland Baptist Church that God has loved and God has dwelt in and God has, God has kissed us by His mercy and His grace. That's the church I'm pastoring. Hey, I'm still a headmaster or whatever. What's a headmaster? I'm still a Christian school board what am I at the Christian school board? I don't even know what I am. But I'm something on the Christian school board around here. But bless your heart, I don't think about an old woodland school and a new woodland school. I just think about a woodland school. I don't think about an old woodland Baptist bus ministry. I don't think about a New Woodland Baptist bus ministry. I just think about a Woodland Baptist bus ministry. Hey, I don't think about an old style of worship and a new style of worship. I just think about just 
worship when it comes to Woodland Baptist Church. Hey, friend, you can have your old if that's what you want. You can have your new if that's what you want. But I think I'll just plaster the original, the true, the one, the only Woodland Baptist Church, friend. That man. I don't think it's too late to have revival. I don't think we're so dry that we can't get a little moisture on us. Hey, I don't think we're so defeated that, thank God, we can't rise up before the count of ten. I don't think it's all gone, hanging on a nail, talk about how it used to be because we're not going to see it again. Bless your heart. I think God's still on the throne. And if God can do it back then, God can still do it tonight. Amen. I'm talking about a general situation. Defeat, drought, despair, dryness. A general situation. But then I moved from that. Because I moved from a general situation to a personal obligation. Because here's what happened. God takes the preacher, the prophet, and sets him down in the midst of these valleys, this valley of these dry bones, dry bone Baptists. God said, I want you to go down and hold revival meeting down at Dry Bone Baptist. And God said, uh, when you get down there, i got a question for you. And there he stands at the Dry Bone Baptist Church. And I mean, there sits Miss Wigglejaw. And over here is Oscar Overload. And here's Mr. Kate Never See It Again. Here's, here's Mrs. Cynical and Critical. And God said, hey, hey, preacher, look at them dry bones. got a question for you. Can those bones live again? And if Ezekiel could have been like me, I'd have said, Lord, there ain't no hope. It's over. It's done with. But Ezekiel said, Lord, thou knowest. They're lifeless. They're useless. Lord, it appears hopeless. But then God broke through that situation. And God had a word for that preacher. God had a word for that prophet. And I want to show you what God said that's going to bring about a moving at Dry Bones Baptist Church. First of all, notice in our text, he said, I want you to preach with urgency. Preach with urgency. Look at verse number 4. Uh, he said again, uh, again he said unto me, God said, hey, can they live? Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. And back in verse number 4, God said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to prophesy. I want you to preach to these dry bones. And here's what I want you to say to them. Hear the word of the Lord. Hey, Ezekiel, rare back son, and preach to the dry bones. Now, I want to tell you something. You read through this book, God has asked Ezekiel to do some unusual things, to say the least. There was a time in this book where God commanded him to lay on his left side for 390 days. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd get tired laying on my left side for 390 days. There's another passage. Right after he did that, he said, now roll over to the right side and lay 40 more days. That's unusual to me. What about this? God told Ezekiel one time, said, shave your beard off and your hair. And then take it and pile it all up. And he said, I want you to divide it out into thirds. Put a third here, a third there, and a third over there. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a third of it and just throw it up in the wind and let it blow away. 
I want you to take another third of it, get you a match and set it on fire and burn it up. And I want you to take another third of your hair and I want you just to take a knife and just chop it all up. And what God was saying through all of that illustration was, this is what I'm about to do to my people. I'm going to scatter them to the four winds. I'm going to burn them with fire and I'm going to chop them up because they've rebelled and they've, they, 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 they get, they, they've rebelled and they, and they disobeyed me. I mean, that was unusual. What about this? Can you imagine this? There was a time when God told Ezekiel to make dung cakes and eat them. Now, some of y'all struggle over buying your sausages <laughs> and potted meat. And God said, hey, I want you to get you some human excrement. Make a cake out of it. And then God said, no, no, don't use. He said, go get you some cow manure. Make a cake and eat it. Can I tell you something? That's unusual. Aren't you glad God hadn't commanded that today? When Ezekiel's wife died with a stroke, God said, don't you mourn? Don't you put on the garments of heaviness? Don't you mourn? Don't you weep? Don't you say a word? That to me is unusual. But probably one of the most unusual things that God ever asked the prophet to do was this. Ezekiel, Preach a revival down there at Dry Bones Baptist Church. Go down there and start preaching to them dry bones. Can I tell you something, friend? I know in our day, we're trying to do away with old-fashioned, leather-lung, slobber-slinging, hellfire and damnation preaching in our day. Brother, we're trying to get away from all that. We want to come to church, have a little rap session. Let's have a little dialogue. You say something, I'll say something. But let's don't, let's don't, let's don't have that old-timey preaching anymore, that shouting and spitting all over everything. But I'm going to tell you something, bless your heart. If Dry Bones Baptist is going to have a revival, it's going to be because there's a man of God who stands up and looks at that crowd and says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Friend, I'm not interested in trying to do away with preaching. I'm trying to figure out how we can get some more preaching, friend, because it's the preaching of the word of God that God has chosen to save anybody that'll believe. Oh, John the Baptist in Luke chapter 3, he came out of that wilderness, man, and when he came out of that wilderness, he wasn't strumming a guitar, singing a melody. No, sir. He came out of that wilderness, wearing back and preaching, and said, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Thank God for some old-fashioned preachers that haven't sold out, that hadn't backed up, that hadn't let down, who'll still stand up and say, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Preach with urgency. Yes, sir. But then he went on to say this, perform with consistency. Look again in our text. God said, preach, Ezekiel, preach. Let me tell you something. In God's name, somebody stand up and preach. That's what's going to save America. You politicians are not going to help America. No, sir. I'll tell you what will change America. Let some old-fashioned preachers get full, get their arms full of the Word of God. Come off a mountain. Come down in the valley where people are dancing naked, bound before a golden calf. Let them have a handful, an armful of the Word of God and look at that crowd and say, Who's on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. Thank God for old-fashioned preaching of the Word of God. Preach with urgency. Perform with consistency. I know some of y'all are struggling with this a little bit, but we'll be okay. 
God said preach to the deacons, preacher. God said preach to the Sunday school teachers, preacher. God said preach to the deacons' wives, preacher. God said preach to everybody that'll come, preacher. I'm telling you something, don't back up, don't let down, don't shut up till we're caught up to be with the Savior. Just keep preaching, friend. Preaching to get the job done. Preach with urgency. Y'all help me, I ain't gonna get off of this point. I am a preacher. I am not a speaker. That is a speaker. I am a preacher. And God said, hey, go down there, dry bones. Wear them out, preacher. Stand up and give them the word of the Lord. Preach with urgency. Perform with consistency. Look over at verse number 7. I like this. The Bible said, so I prophesied. Hey, Ezekiel, preach the dry bones, Baptist. Prophesied. Ezekiel said this, so I prophesied. Read these next words with me. As I was commanded. Look down at verse 9. Uh, verse number, I'm sorry, verse number 10. So I prophesied as he commanded. No matter how crazy it may sound, no matter how bizarre it may seem, Ezekiel said, God told me to preach down at Dry Bones Baptist. And all I knew to do was just obey the voice of God. So I reared back and I started prophesying. I started preaching to that crowd. Listen, if we're going to see revival at Dry Bones Baptist, we're going to have to get back to doing what God said, no matter how bizarre it may seem, how unique it may seem, how out of uh, the norm it may seem. But if God said do it, let's do as we're commanded. Perform with consistency. And then I want to say this, pray with fervency. So he started preaching. And the Bible said there in verse number, verse number 7, he prophesied. Now, I'm talking about dry bones, Baptist church. He's preaching. And the Bible said as he began to preach, there was a noise. <laughs> there was a noise. And the Bible said there was a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. And then the Bible said in verse number 8, sinews, muscles, started coming upon them bones. And flesh came upon them. And the skin started covering them. But we got a problem. Only problem was there's still no breath in them. So we got, a, we, got a, we got a body, but we don't have any life. So God come back to him again in verse number 9 and said, Preach again, son. It's Tuesday night. Preach again. And the Bible said there in verse 9 that he began to prophesy unto the wind. Brother, the preaching of the Word of God and the obedience of God's people will start things moving in the right direction. But can I tell you something? If revival is going to come, we've got to have the wind of God, the breath of God to blow upon us. Now you read your Bible, study your Bible, you'll find out in the Bible that the wind is a type of the Holy Spirit of God. And brother, thank God for preaching. Hey, let's preach the Word of God. Let's obey. Let's do as God's commanded us to do. Let's do it. But I want to tell you, friend, we can't do this without the power of the Spirit of God. We've got to have His power. We've got to have the wind to blow. We've got to have the breeze from heaven to breathe life back into us again. Amen. 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 So there's a general situation. A general situation. And there's a personal obligation. Let me tell you something, you old woodland crowd. And let me say a word to you, new woodland crowd. You can have your old, you can have your new. But I'll take the time, I'll take the kind that's got the Holy Ghost in it. I'll take the power of God and the presence of God any day over the new or the old. 
You can have all that you want to have. I think I'll stick with the one we got right now and just pray for the breeze to blow. Dead men. Personal obligation. But then number three, watch this, we're done. Some of you said, thank God. But there's a spiritual visitation. Can I tell you something? You can't miss this. When God showed up, stuff started happening. Can I tell you something? Anytime God shows up, anytime God breaks through, stuff's going to start moving down at Dry Bones Baptist. Yes, sir. Look, if you will, at verse number 10. Let me show you what happened. When that breeze began to blow, when that preacher started preaching, watch this, when he started preaching, he started obeying God. Nothing but good things happen when we obey God. Nothing but good things happen when we obey God. Hey, nothing but good things happen when we obey God. Nothing but good things happen. That's why the devil tries to get us to live in disobedience. Amen. Tries to get us to sit back and just disobey God because he realizes the end result of obedience is good things. So here's what happened. So the preacher preached. He started obeying God. The wind started blowing. And the first thing you know was ankle bones connected to the leg bone, leg bone connected to the hip bone, hip bone connected to the pelvis. Now hear the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, man, things started moving. I'm even I'm talking about down at Dry Bones Baptist. Revival broke out at Dry Bones Baptist. Look at verse 10. First of all, they were vitalized. Verse number 10 said this: They lived. Well, I'll tell you what, wouldn't it be good if we met together and everybody was living? I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. Come in, like I said this morning, with a smile on your face and a spring in your step and a song in your heart. And I mean just, the Bible said when the breeze started blowing, they were vitalized. Look again at verse 10. They were energized. Look again at verse number 10. The Bible said they stood up upon their feet. I mean, formerly just a bunch of scattered, shattered, and splattered bones. But now all of a sudden, the preacher preached and obeyed God. And the wind started blowing. And they're vitalized. They started living. And they're energized. They stood upon their feet. Verse number 10 said they were mobilized. Because in verse number 10, we read that it was an exceeding great army. And then verse number 10 said they were utilized because God took them back and placed them in their own land. Boy, I'll tell you, I don't know about you, but I wish we could have a revival like they had at Dry Bones Baptist Church. Amen. And I just want to say, and I'm done, but if God can do it at Dry Bones Baptist, God can do it at Woodland. God can do it again. Amen. I'd shut my Bible and go home, start selling used cars. I'd be a terrible used car salesman. I'd shut my Bible and go back to cutting meat if I didn't think God could do it again. It's the bottom of the knife. I know that. It's two strikes on the batter. I understand that. I understand there's two outs, prophetically speaking, but God's still on the throne. And if God can cause a revival down at Dry Bones, God can cause a revival at the Woodland Baptist Church. Let's pray.